And the Oscar goes to... it's not in a foreign language but there is a lot of suspect accent work in this movie (laughs) there's a lot of other languages as well it it feels like the precursor the accents feel like this is an insane thing i want to say the accents do feel like a precursor to the house of gucci movie like that's absolutely that's a spiritual successor stanley showing up and like okay yeah accent this movie is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and technically, it's a DC Marvel crossover for counting Chris Pine's presence as well as Anne Hathaway so as Catwoman. So true. Shelby, do you want to introduce what podcast yeah. and what movie we're discussing? Yeah. <laughs> um, this is Talking Foreign Film, obviously. Yeah, welcome. Um, <laughs> we only discuss international features on this podcast um but no really it's called well i also welcome to plus picture like it was welcome to marlin no we're off the leash already oh no oh no welcome to plus picture podcast where we explore underrated or off the wall movies we think are totally blessed i'm your host shelby mooring i'm your other host sky Payne. Um, this week I have come up with a name for this series, by the way, Sky. Oh, you did. Oh, this good. is this is completely dry. You don't know what this is. This I don't is know what it one. is. I'm calling it Slumber Party September. Okay, I'm in. Yeah, that's cute. Okay, that's thank cute. You. Thank you for your approval. I would have been devastated if you vetoed it. <laughs> I was just like, Shelby, that was fucking terrible. Thank like, you. If you told me you need to workshop that, like <laughs> no, it's to cute. quote Cheryl Crow, the first cut is the deepest. <laughs> it's very cute but uh so for slumber party september our second film is what i like to call succession for babies (laughs) it's princess diaries 2 colon royal engagement and um you know please welcome to the podcast first of all the number one stan of this film truly and the person whose personality can be summed up by the fact that she had a phoebe bridger song play at her wedding ceremony <laughs> callan larson did i yeah did you I did phoebe? no i didn't on your recessional no, there was a phoebe bridger song because everyone in the facebook live because you had a facebook live wedding was like okay which one is the recessional when the you one where back. you no, that was not Phoebe Bridgers. That was a Space Jam Mountain Goats <laughs> mashup, okay? Wow. This expose. It's time to slam now. <laughs> welcome to the Space Jam. Okay. So please welcome to the podcast someone who... You should put the music in there because it is lit. And it should be on everyone's workout mix. <laughs> Facebook live wedding for her recessional had a Space Jam Mountain Goats cover. Yeah, honestly, Sky, that is a sentence no person has ever uttered. And you know the sentence that I said after that? My sister was supposed to give like a closing prayer for the ceremony or whatever. And I forgot because I was so excited about Space Jam. So I was like, my brother, play Space Jam. And then like, my grandpa was like, 
we're not done. And then I was like, okay, we're going to have a closing prayer after Space Jam. <laughs> that is what I said on my wedding day. So, oh, I can't, what a world. I can't wait to celebrate your blessed union in two weeks. <laughs> what is our guest's name, Sky? Oh, Callan Larson. <laughs> This is Callan. Um, one time, my other alternate one was um, one time on Valentine's Day, Callan gave me a Callantine, which was really cute. Oh, that's cute. Um, yeah. But I thought that the wedding one was. No, the Phoebe <laughs> Bridgers one really spawned something quite beautiful that yeah, really can never be duplicated, I think. <laughs> could not foresee where that would have gone honestly. absolutely not um do we want to do blessed movie of the week Shelby would you like to go first sure yeah um okay first of all I just want to note in this section I have seen baby Annette mm, yes is it my blessed picture not necessarily um because I haven't finished it because <laughs> I watch movies in sections where is baby Annette's SNL performance is my question oh Oh, how is Baby Annette not running the United States of America? <laughs> how is Baby Annette? I'd vote for Baby Annette. And not the ruler of the universe. How I, is Baby you haven't, Annette? So if you haven't finished it, I don't think that you've gotten to my favorite part of Baby Annette's no. career arc. No, I've um, read about it though. And I'm quite mm. excited to get to that point. Cause I'm someone who doesn't hate spoilers. Yeah, like, I kind of welcome them. So when I read things like that, I'm like, hmm, how did we get to this point? To quote David Byrne, I'm quoting people once again. Um, how did I get here? That's very much uh, the vibe yeah. I got after reading that specific spoiler. But yeah, she was everything I wanted and more. Um, but I'm not talking about baby Annette um, for my blessed movie of the week. I'm talking about another baby, the boss baby, a man who reminds me of the boss baby. His name is Bob Hoskins. God, I was like, I, I refuse to let you bring the boss baby. No. <laughs> what if I just said, yeah, my blessed movie of the week is boss baby back in business. Like I would, I would like be concerned. You would end the podcast. I would be like, okay, Shelby needs to like work through something. Yeah, if I say that in all seriousness, then you know that I've either been body snatched mm-hmm. or it's a I of you. have like joined a cult or something. Something's off. Yeah, but, for sure. Um, the movie I'm talking about is Mona Lisa, directed by Neil Jordan. It's from 1986, starring the boss baby himself, Bob Hoskins. <laughs> he just reminds me of a baby. I don't know. Like he's like, he's very brash, kind of like Alec Baldwin baby. So like it works. I love that about him though. That's his appeal. Um, but basically, uh, he plays this character named George, who's a crook who got out of prison and he like, he's looking for his purpose in life almost a little bit, you know, he doesn't like really have his family because his, his wife is mad at him and his daughter, you know, doesn't get to see him all the time. And, and, um, his tough guy image really isn't like working for him. So he ends up getting a job as a driver for this high call high call this high class call girl named Simone and he like has to drive her around from from um client to client and she also has kind of her own little subplot going on in which he like he has to help her find this um this woman this girl that she met on the streets who is also um a sex worker and he also falls in love with Simone. It's actually really interesting. I really, really liked it. Bob Hoskins, the boss baby, 
fantastic as always love him he runs around in little hawaiian shirts makes me very happy i do i do love bob hoskins a very you know a very lovable man yeah you know there was like some post about brendan fraser being shaped like a friend that's how i feel about (laughs) bob hoskins in a way you know um uh my my blessed movie of the week has opposite energy of that but also somehow i was still uh so on this podcast, it's noted we don't we're not fans of William Hurt on this podcast. No, <laughs> but I watched Body Heat. Okay, and I was like, you know what? Cole Porter made some points in Too Darn Hot. Like, okay, it was hot. I had a fun time. I Kathleen Turner is like really fucking iconic in it. Oh yeah. Um, it is basically it's so hot outside. Everyone is just like you know struggling. William Hurt picks up Kathleen Turner at a bar. They start an affair. Her husband finds out. Chaos ensues. Um, and I went in being like, I'm going to hate this because I hate William Hurt. And I actually really liked it. And you know what? I was like, is William Hurt like attractive in this one scene? Like maybe. It, it may be. TBD. When he's cast right, he's cast right. And he was he was cast right in this. Um, he plays like a kind of dopey lawyer who like, you know, gets involved with the wrong girl. Callan, do you have a movie for Blessed Movie of the Week that you would like to share? Yes. So I only watched two movies last week because I was visiting my parents. And the first one was Space Jam and New Legacy not blessed decidedly not blessed but the second one was a rewatch of hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy and that movie is blessed in my opinion i mean i love the book um but it has a great cast it's got most death it has zoe deschanel yeah it has alan rickman oh yeah i didn't know any of this Oh, it yeah. has Stephen Fry. It has wow. Helen Mirren. <laughs> it has everyone. Queenie herself. Queenie herself, and yes. I'm pretty sure that it's Helen Mirren. I'm yeah, not as I'm good at this right as you are. I'm but sorry, Edgar Wright is in this movie. <laughs> it's like a bit this part. movie is great. And it was produced and written. The screenplay was written by Douglas Adams, who wrote the book. So it's like approved, you know, it's good. That's good. And I mean, it's, it's really close to the book at the beginning and then kind of goes off the rails, but that's okay. And <laughs> it's just bizarre. And I don't know, who doesn't love watching a depressed robot, right? <laughs> the paranoid android. Wow. I've never read so, it. I should, I should sometime do that for what the plot, because I have no idea. I definitely watched part of it at a friend's house a bajillion years ago. And I do not remember anything except for dolphins. That's the only thing I remember about it. So they open the movie with this scene with dolphins that actually happens in the middle of the book. But they turn it into a musical for like the first (laughs) three minutes of the movie. And then there's no more musicals. (laughs) Musical numbers. (laughs) They're like that's the dolphins that. have a musical number and then they're never heard of or seen again that's honestly a little devastating to me i was expecting a little bit more dolphin action <laughs> my brain lied to me 
I cannot write out. <laughs> There's I one day I'll guess this movie. Maybe it'll be Asia. as chaotic as my angels in the outfield. Oh no. <laughs> what a time. What, what a time. time. You know what? I was close to the original movie on that one. I you that I was kind of iconic behavior on yeah. your part. I've never seen yeah. Angels in the Outfield, but I have seen the trailer for it on about every VHS that we had as a child. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So. I just like didn't pay attention to things. I'm very unobservant. <laughs> Isn't that you thought? That was a Phoebe Bridgers song. <laughs> okay. It's okay. The audio was bad. There were like geese flying over our wedding. Someone was weed whacking. It's fine. <laughs> I, I could I do not fault you for let that. Let me let me set the stage of this Facebook live. <laughs> there were no microphones involved. And there were like, it was outdoors. There were a lot of noises happening and I could not hear the vows. I couldn't. <laughs> Look, Sky, I hope that you never have to get married on Facebook Live at an Airbnb <laughs> in the state of Indiana. Okay? Yeah, Callan's Facebook Live wedding was iconic. <laughs> really? That was also like my like fifth um, like virtual wedding, like in like a span of two months. <laughs> But none of them had Space Jam, so. None of them had Space Jam by the Mountain Goats. Yeah. No, it's not Space Jam by the Mountain Goats. We have to be precise about this. This is a (laughs) mashup of Space Jam and this year by the Mountain Goats. Do do I need to share my screen and play this video? (laughs) Maybe at the end. Maybe at the end. Okay. Speaking of weddings, not Facebook weddings, but weddings very quick. Yeah. They get married real quick. I mean, in a sense though, I mean, I think your union was a royal engagement and a wedding, much like this one was, if you really think about it. (laughs) Both did not go as planned. Both did not. There you go. There you go. But yeah, we're talking about Princess Diaries 2, Royal Engagement, and you're probably thinking to yourself, why not the first one? I don't know. I just like the second one more. The second one is way better. The second one is way better. And you know why? It's because Shonda Rhimes wrote it. Let's just be real. Yeah. And who produced it? Whitney Whitney Houston. Houston. Like, incredible. It's really iconic. Thank you, Gary Marshall. Um, thank you, Chris Pine, for his first movie credit. Really? Yeah, yep. this is his first. And then like three years later, maybe four, I don't know. I can't do math. I saw him <laughs> in um, Farragut North at the Geffen Playhouse in LA. And my mom and I decided to stand. I was like obsessed with him. And that's why he's my favorite Chris, because I thought he was so good in Princess Cyrus to a foil engagement and then a play. Meanwhile, my my trajectory, like everybody else's, was like Princess Diaries two, Star Star Trek. Trek. (laughs) I had a little, I had a little blip because the play was like three weeks before Star Trek, like Uh, I see, came out. So it was like around the same time. This was like him building buzz. I see, I see. We stand. I was just Princess Diaries two and on the Chris Pine trail. Yeah. Yeah, just that's all I needed. Yeah. He could have done no other movies in his life and I would still be 
a huge fan. That's Chris. But was his hair as tall as it was in the play as it You're is asking? in this movie? You're asking me to remember that? <laughs> Yeah. We've already established I mean, this guy is unobservant. I, but also, <laughs> I'm sorry, Sky. His hair is so tall in this movie that it is scientifically impossible. And I think if you saw it in person, you would think to yourself, "Why is this man's hair?" You know what so it looks tall? like. You know, like like Lego figurines, how they have like <laughs> the hair that you can like clip on. That's yes. what his hair looks like. Yeah, a hundred percent. It is so tall, and for what reason? Is it hair? Is it a wig? I don't know. I, I consulted my like father. I feel like it's just like I, a lot I mean, of I feel like it isn't either, but it is it's just really gonna be a tall. lot of hairspray. Because it's not bad in the sense that it's like oh it's it's a bad wig sense. Right. But it's, it's just, just like absurd now voluminous. that I know him. Yeah. Now like that you I, know him personally, the height yeah. of his hair is upsetting. My best friend Chris. Chris Pine, you know, we hang out all the time. Christopher, you know, we hang out all the time. Um, yeah, no, it, it really is a case of like, you go back and watch this movie, you're like, I don't recognize this man. But at the time, I saw him and I was like, this is my man. I'm in love with this Everybody man. I'm going to marry him. him. Yes. Yeah. See, here's like the thing is like, we all were like, we all loved the first one. You know, we all love Stupid Cupid. We all love that. This mm-hmm. really ramps it up. The stakes objectively higher here. Oh, yeah. It matters way more. You have a whole ass musical number with Julie Andrews and Raven Simone. What more can <laughs> Who you Who is credited for? just as Raven in this movie. Yes. She That's is- her power. That is the chokehold she had on Disney back then. They were like, oh, you know Raven, okay? You have seen that so Raven. You are coming to the theater partially because of the fact that Raven is in this movie. They were Let's doing the promos that. where the movie surfers were interviewing Raven about yes. her song that's featured in the movie. Not the one that she sings with the Julie Andrews, that. but the yeah. one but that- This is my time. At the end. This is yeah. my time. And honestly- we got to, I got to the end of the movie and it just hit me in the feels like it's a great ending speaking of the movie surfers though I always think of that girl in the the, the yellow party. helmet yes, yes. with yep. like the she blue gets a shirt one second cameo roller skating she does the She's mattress there. surfing like this this movie really like made me want to mattress surf like I was like oh, I yeah. gotta do that it looks so fun I've never mattress surfed. I've never been no. presented with the opportunity. And as a child, I mean, like I was like in middle school, but I was still like, I want to do. <laughs> you know, John Mulaney has a joke about quicksand and how like, I thought this would be a much bigger problem in life. Mine yeah. is like, I thought mattress surfing opportunities would be much more plentiful. Yeah. But I mean, sledding is not. basically mattress surfing. But it's not fundamentally the same like what makes mattress surfing exciting there's not a lot of sledding to be had in LA (laughs) and what makes mattress surfing um so compelling is that it's not sledding like I can't just like like I could do sledding if snow fell and there was a lot of it I could just like do it that's true that's true this is the forbidden how many times are you in a palace and like also so true I feel like it just wouldn't hit as that's good. You know, you're palace. making a lot of assumptions. I obviously live in a mansion <laughs> that is also, the size of a small country. <laughs> my I mean, it's really dark cabinets. back there. There could be t- it's many so true. acres behind yeah, I'm you. I'm hiding. I'm hiding um, many jewels 
the crown um, jewels not my that you just click a remote and then they come out of the you, you have your own mall yeah just like that's barbara streisand under you know in her basement that's how i'm living right now wait so you also have cloned dogs in yeah. your basement mm-hmm. okay. 100%, yeah and they um, all are you know identical have names like sam or whatever or Princess hello Sophie. i don't know what her dog's names are hello um, I have a question for the yeah. culture. Um, I don't know if either of you have read the second Bridgerton book. Have either of you read it? No. I have anyway, no. with Bridgerton as a whole. It is, it is very similar. I was like, okay, this whole thing, precursor to Bridgerton. But Viscount Who Loved Me, which is the second Bridgerton book, came out first. And I was like, there's no way that Shonda Rhimes wrote, like, read this because, like, Bridgerton was not popular until, like, recently but like I was like damn it's like a um like the when they're first at like the ball her birthday party whatever like he like set like she steps on his foot like that happens in like the Bridgerton like second book and he's a Viscount but just the whole I mean I'm I'm going to slander Bridgerton I'm just gonna do it but um, yeah slander away I I again I only read these books when I had COVID the vague idea of what it is to be European very prevalent in both the terrible accents there is a line that I wrote down from the end that says if the parliament were astute are you kidding me are you kidding me Shonda did this for us (laughs) Gary Marshall did this for us I mean, there was some quote somewhere on some article or Wikipedia page or something about Shonda using this as like a kind of a bridge to Bridgerton. So I mean, yeah. it makes it, sense. It's not far-fetched at all. She she has her things that she likes. And you know what? Like Grey's Anatomy is pretty like dramatic and shit like this, you know? <laughs> well, it's it's, it's like- dramatic. <laughs> a woman spending three episodes dying, not dramatic at all. Another line that I loved, um, and I don't know that this is Bridgerton, but it's just a bizarre line. Um, when Princess Mia is in the kitchen eating ice cream after she realizes that Nicholas is the guy who's challenging her, Julie Andrews tells her to leave the ice cream in the kitchen and she exits the room and says, Thank you, culinary people. Yes. <laughs> what? I, I love her delivery of that line, too. Thank Julie you, culinary Andrew. people. I mean, what else are you supposed to do with that line? Her power in this movie cannot be understated. <laughs> cannot yeah, be understated. She, when she just arrives in that a, a queen gown, is I don't. She just is our queen. She, I mean, queen of Genovia, queen of my heart. Yeah, Stenosha in that dressiana, um, to loosely quote Drag Race, she looked really incredible. I mean, just in the first scene alone, yeah. and she really has a very, I mean, I, you know, it's not just because she's British, but you know, there is something very stately, very queen-like yes. about her. The way presence. she just like holds herself. I also do feel like this is like a precursor. Like this is like if Bridgerton and the Bachelor franchise like were like melded together. Mm. 
I had the thought during the slideshow that this was really Tinder before Tinder. Wow. Yeah. You're right. The slideshow, wait, we have to talk about the slideshow and how bad that Prince William is. Prince William. I wrote that down too. I just love to look at him. That's what yeah. they say. Yeah. The, and the thing about it is that it's not just that he's aged. It's that his reputation as a whole, if you're not a mon- monarchist, has just completely just down the tubes, really just like, yeah. Like, and I, you know, I think I, like a lot of Americans sort of, especially when we were younger, we're kind of like, oh, Prince William, oh, the monarchy. Like, we just kind of thought it was like fun, f- funny. I don't know. Like, it, we didn't have a ton of like negativity necessarily know. towards it because we didn't really think about it in a deeper way. But like, no, now that I think We hadn't watched it, The Crown yet. Hadn't watched The Crown yet. Um, haven't, you know, thought about the fact that Elizabeth Debicki is 6'3 and playing Diana, which is kind of wild, but I'm obsessed with it. Um, we, we stand. But like, <laughs> it's just like, to us, the monarchy just kind of was like a thing that happened elsewhere. And then it's yeah. like, when you really get to it now and like what Prince William represents, it's like, I don't like any of this. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, we're not. Into that. No. Um, and also what's wild is that when they go through that slideshow, obviously they have like, you know, people who have too many you know convictions and gambling problems and stuff but then they get to the one french man and it's like oh yes his boyfriend thinks so too and they both go right on and it's like at the time it's kind of wild that this isn't a disney movie you know to begin with but what is more wild to me now is that that is exactly the same level of representation in all Marvel and like similar <laughs> Disney related properties. <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly Nothing what it has is. changed since two thousand four. No, and we talked about this in like the Ab Nine episode. I'm sure we've talked about it in other episodes, but it really like is just like a line like that, and then it is that's the representation that we get. You know what I mean? Like there's like nothing. Do you remember all of the buzz about? the ending scene of the live action beauty and the beast where like one man is dancing with another man allegedly and they both have really long hair so who knows and people (laughs) are like boycotting the movie uh yeah and in this it's just joe knowing all the goss i do love that he knows everything and the maids the maids know everything yeah yeah and they're not snitching you no. notice that in the archery scene when it's like they're kind of like, you know, they're getting a little cozy with each other. They both like look away. They're both like, we must look away right now. Yeah. I'm kind of like, good for you, ladies. They're Mind all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, their support <laughs> for her. They're like, she's not the one he's marrying. Wait, but they're in love. Like, <laughs> perform for Julie Andrews. They can't to yeah. distract later iconic also i would like to discuss maybe my favorite piece of trivia about this movie which isn't totally related to the movie i just think it's absolutely insane that anne hathaway auditioned for Brokeback mountain like yep. on lunch while filming this movie like in costume <laughs> that's insane yeah and angry basically had to be prepped like oh yeah okay this woman is gonna come in and she's gonna be in weird hair and makeup but like 
don't prejudge her. She's just like on break from filming something. It's fine. Like, don't worry. <laughs> it's literally crazy. It's crazy I, to me. Wait, I've never seen Brokeback Mountain. Is she in it? Did she get the yeah, role? She yeah, plays, she's in it. Whoa. She plays Jake Gyllenhaal's, um, how do I put this, beard. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. But she doesn't know she's a beard. Mm. Her name is like Lorene or something like that. Um, yes. She goes tits out in it. Um, she's like a rodeo queen. It's a whole thing. It's like, great. She's iconic to me personally. Um, her and Michelle Williams are both like the beards in that movie. Got it. I mean, yeah. It's doing great so work <laughs> that this is how she was cast I love it yeah I love that too I love that that is like her next big move after Princess Diaries to royal engagement <laughs> to me well. it makes sense this started careers this started yeah. careers um <laughs> Abigail real. Breslin Abigail Breslin, Abigail Breslin doing accent and work. her brother she was Spencer Breslin I'm too also doing though. accent work <laughs> I do love when Spencer Breslin is like trying to dance with her and he's like, may I blow in your ear? And she's like, can you reach it? Okay, I. what are the laws in this country? Because no. they say she has to dance with every eligible bachelor. And he's 12 years old. the 12 year old. How yeah. is he eligible? That was I the confusing understand. part. I like, do they mean eligible in the sense that like they are single and like, but it doesn't necessarily mean that like they're in contention. It's just more so like any single man or child would mean that. Yeah. Like but they're like, like, yeah. like yeah. And he's age. in the slideshow, which is wild. Why did you include him in the slideshow? That is. Yeah. And I think that's the problem is that it isn't just a miscommunication of like, Oh, we're just interpreting eligible bachelor in a slightly different way, but they're like, it's like fully for comedy purposes, but they don't, right. I think there's no awareness of how bad it actually yeah. looks on the outside, but I think we're supposed to laugh it off because it's like, he's, there's no way he would ever obviously right. be in contention right. because he's a child and she doesn't take it seriously right. either. But I mean, in general, this movie's like handling of kind of infidelity is also kind of wild. So, I mean, like it's unsurprising I mean we have to get into that because that is like the heart of this movie yes. she is single the whole idea is that she has to get married in 30 days because of both antiquated laws regarding women becoming queens even though every woman is a queen um in Genovia right and then it's like but then parliament is like they gotta stick up their ass and there's the fact that Lord Nicholas exists so they're like she has 30 days to get married okay so then it's like they're looking through all the eligible bachelors they got the slideshow they got the prezi going and it's like okay we come across one dude who will work who's not Lord Nicholas and he's a fine dude I mean, he ends up being a he's, nice guy. He's a nice dude. He's like the definition of, yeah, he's nice. Yeah. Okay. He's yes. And the, I will say one of the reasons that I am the number one fan of this movie and that Sky knows it is because mm. the only fan fiction I have ever read mm -hmm. is a Princess Diaries 2 Royal Engagement fan fiction in which <laughs> Princess Mia and Andrew do get married. Wow. And it's, it's good. I would recommend it. Let me see what it's called. So that I can officially recommend it on this podcast. Is this on archive for, of our own? Or, or, yeah, or... yeah. What? What is it on? <laughs> Where's this house? It's on 
I don't know. I don't read fan fiction what often. Head? So this is the only one that I've ever read. I have to go into Facebook Messenger and find <laughs> the girl from my college dorm who sent it to me. Into the server verse. <laughs> oh my gosh. It is on fanfiction.net. Wow. I love the year 2004. And it is called A Royal Duty, written by Frankie Baby. (laughs) Here, I'll link it. Oh, thank you for your service. Can you link it in the show notes? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. That will be happening. I will gladly do a dramatic reading if if I must. What, right. what rating is this? What are we talking? Is this um, Callum is a Mormon is... teen? I don't. Did you read any smut? <laughs> it is fiction T. Oh yeah. Teen. Okay. So it's sense. like PG thirteen. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Nothing I... <laughs> completely sinful was happening. <laughs> oh my god! It's fifteen. <laughs> Okay, and the first time that I read it, I didn't know how fan fiction works, so I just read the first chapter, and I was like, that's it? It's 50,000 words. I read this until 2 a.m. I read it in one night. Wait, I didn't know that you read it in college. Like, I thought that this was something that you, like, found as a job. No, I read this in college. (laughs) This is incredible. I I love this. I love this so much. This is incredible. I I, <laughs> I thought you read this out. Wait, let me read the summary. Based on the second movie, what if Mia had shouldered her duty instead of challenging it and married Andrew? An Andrew Mia story. Kind of sad, I suppose. I'm sorry. Ready for it- language and thematic elements. Please read and review. Trying to finish some old work. XD. They <laughs> started this in 2004 and finished it in 2012. <gasps> and I'm glad that they did. Eight years of toiling away, writing their master work. You read it and you will like it. Anyways. <laughs> I have another Chandra Rhymes Bridgertonism that I need to bring up now that we're on yeah. the subject of Andrew. Okay, Andrew yes. Jacoby, Duke of Kenilworth. 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 I just think of dogs. <laughs> it's another thing. Yep, that's that's it. Oh, okay. And I have two pieces of trivia. Okay. One the class, which many of us learned on TikTok last year, is that when Princess Diaries is at when Princess Diaries, when Princess Mia is at her birthday party and she waves and her ring that she's wearing over her gloves, I guess, flies off. The guy who mm, catches it says, is. happens all the time. Same guy who says that in Pretty Woman. Yes. Also a Gary Marshall film. A Gary Marshall film. Another thing that I just noticed this time watching is when they're at the parade, I think it's Elsie, the bizarrely Scottish resident of Genovia, <laughs> um, she's sitting at a table, like, and commentating on the parade. And there's a theater behind her, and it says "Now Playing Wrong Turn at Lungfish." And I was like, "What is that?" So I looked it up. It's a Gary Marshall play that he wrote. Wow, Players. I didn't know that. So 
Yeah. I love self-referential things. Is that his a royal duty? <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps, maybe. Maybe Gary Marshall wrote this. To quote Sky Payne, mayhaps. Gary, yeah, Gary Marshall um, was Andrew Mia pilled. And so he, he wrote did, a royal duty. He did want to do a third movie of this. Gary and Marshall, may he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. And they do apparently, as like recent as 2019, they were like, yeah, script is done. Like we- It exists, to- yes. And I mean, Anne is like, I'll do it fully. Julie seemed a little more- sort of tentative about it but basically it was like I think it would be fun to work with Annie again and then Chris Pine was kind of asked about it semi-recently and was like absolutely so I mean what I, more could Chris you Pine is game for a lot of things I think he's a I love him I just he love seems him. like a good time that was I the think, only thing I think that about the nervous. Olivia Munn sex oh boy all the time that's something I think about that was a wild time um but I think the thing about him is that I would, I was almost worried because I wanted to find out what his response was. And for some reason, I just had, like, I know he loves to be silly. He's a silly boy. He loves to be silly. We all saw, well, not all, all of us. I, I think mostly just me saw Wet Hot American Summer, First Day of Camp, which he is very good in and very funny. Um, but like, he is, he's a silly goose in that. And he enjoys being funny. So it doesn't surprise me that he's a little down for this still, but still part of me was worried that he would be like, that's behind me. I'm like, that was my yeah. first movie. It's kind of embarrassing. Like we don't but talk I, about it. I do think that like, it, that's kind of like the staying power of this movie is that like, yeah, there's some movies that like in your past are like, oh yeah, I did that. But like this one like holds up very well and is still incredibly delightful. And like, I don't think people have bad things to say about it critically it was panned at the time well, but it was yeah. so beloved otherwise that it like, yeah. doesn't matter and it doesn't help um or it doesn't hurt that like his character is like really well liked I mean as I was saying before we got completely off track about a royal duty but like <laughs> she's like with this very nice man who in any other movie we'd be like yes this is the guy he's everything she needs and wants right he's handsome and in another world, he would have been on that in that slideshow. So true. But yeah, his and- uncle, to whom he is not even blood related. Yeah, wild. His mother was his wife's sister. Very confusing. I'm, I'm like doing the like the, anyways. The like counting. I drew a family like tree. Animation. For- <laughs> there's no. There's. There's no blood relation. So it's just bizarre that he is pushing this so hard. And the other thing, sorry, Shelby, I I totally interrupted your point. But this is how it's just goes. bizarre that he says, like, on your father's deathbed, he told me to take care of Nicholas. One day he'll be king. It's like, okay, so you your wife's sister's husband was talking to you on his deathbed <laughs> i don't think so. this man it's very sus this man has like bad vibes if, i yeah. can't believe you're standing up with a with a whiteboard right now like drawing a family tree Pepe <laughs> silva okay but like the point i was trying to make is that andrew is a completely nice man he could be the guy in any other yeah. movie, but the thing is, is that 
Chris Pine's performance in this movie and his chemistry with Anne Hathaway and the way that so it is good. written is so favorable to Lord Nicholas, despite the fact that he is in cahoots for a little bit of the movie with his nefarious uncle, Gimli. Um, that's not the character's name, but he's played <laughs> by Gimli. <laughs> Jonathan Reese davies But that is the thing. They're literally at every turn, they try their hardest to make sure that you understand Nicholas is the guy, right? Because it's like, yeah, when when she is found by the lake with him after a long night, you know, they've just fallen asleep together and they're caught. Andrew like tries to kind of convince her via a kiss that there's still something between them, but then he, he realizes no, there's not. And he's like, Yeah, this isn't gonna really work out, right? And then he's kind of like, Well, I'll still marry you, but not because I feel entitled to you or your feelings, but because you know, I'm trying to make good on a deal that we made, like an agreement, which is very nice and very gentlemanly of her. He's like, I'm just trying to help you because I know you're on a deadline. You got to get married ASAP. Um, Lily, when he shows up and is like throwing pebbles at her window, she's not like, no girl, you're making a mistake. You're getting married. Like, no, she's like, go on experience life. Yeah. <laughs> and we stand. Man Lily is a tall hair. American, Lily- af- American activist. Lily Moskowitz, yes, how she's American referred actress. to. Yes, she, um, student she's such a better friend in this movie, which I think is like why this movie like works better than the first one because like I think the friendships are more realized, and I just it's, well, and that's not the so conflict. Better. Like her and yeah. Lily don't have a rift going on between them, which I think for me personally is very upsetting. It's more upsetting than like the conflict here in the sense that like 100%. it's a little too real, but like you know, but she's encouraging her to go after him. And then there's also the fact that like, even Queen Clarice after this wild night is just like, well, what are you going to do? Right. (laughs) She's like, I get it, man. Like I'm me and Joe, that's not working out right now. Cause I got queenly duties. I got to attend to, I can't date him. Right. (laughs) She is too busy. He tries so hard things at going every on. turn to be She like, has all of ruffled pantsuits to wear. Yes, exactly. Very important. But they try so hard to be like, Nicholas is the guy. And like, whether you like it or not, he's, you know, he is. And it works because we want him to be, because the chemistry is so real. He's so charming. You know, he's handsome. He's like the whole package. And it's great because at the same time, they don't make him completely faultless, but like, he learns, he evolves, he grows, he changes. And he's like, yeah, I'm rescinding my claim to the throne because you are a real queen because you can rule a country. I've seen it. You are a good, honorable woman. Thank you. I'm leaving after I just struggled to get to your wedding via vintage bike, <laughs> via some random man's horse. I am now leaving the movie for a little the bit. The vintage Goodbye. bike is iconic. Yeah. Um, which were directed to um, via Chekhov's maid. <laughs> I just want to mention that. You That's know, hanging right next to a picture of Machiavelli, which yeah. like what average home has a portrait of Machiavelli? What is the decoration in this house, right? Like, and I mean, when you think about this, this Tudor house, yes. Yes. When you think about this character to begin with, he is a proto Logan Roy, in my opinion. This is You're a right. performance that is not dissimilar from Brian Cox in Succession. The only difference is that this is not a subtle performance. And 
by design. And, and that is perfectly okay. He's very good at it. He's very despicable. As a child, I hated this man. If I had seen this man in the street, I would have yelled at him. Like that is how intense my feelings were towards Viscount Mabry. But, you know, and he could have just showed up to set, put on the Gimli voice, call it a day and leave. No, he gave a performance. The check cleared. Everyone in this film is giving a performance. They are. They are. There is an attempt, even if the accents are um, suspicious. Again, very House of Gucci. At many, yes, um, at many points. But, you know, and my favorite, though, is the fact also that the maid, an iconic side character, purely because she exists for about five minutes of this movie, like, total. You see her one time, and she has no purpose. But like I said, she's Chekhov's maid. She shows up at the end and is like, "Uh, yeah, your uncle's doing nefarious stuff. I don't know if you figured that out yet. (laughs) And it's like, we could all tell. We could tell from a mile away he's going to go do something at the wedding. He is a stunt queen first and foremost. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I think one of my favorite parts of her is when she is like watching the ceremony in the home and eating popcorn, then stuffs it in the chair. Yeah beautiful cinematic moment. attention to detail really that's what that is i mean director nomination at the academy awards where was it right where was it <laughs> where was the academy I also i i truly think another thing about this movie that makes it blessed is the so early 2000 soundtrack that is just like kelly clarkson breakaway when wasn't that like, written for this movie yes, yes. insane we so stand. good and you know I love a montage and the quote unquote like training montage, like when she's doing like queen training, basically. Like I love a training montage. And it was like so fun to watch her do where she has things. to learn how to use a fan in 10 yes. minutes. Why I okay, I have a question. Why do they need to know how to use a fan? Okay, I was also coming to ask the exact same question. I literally wrote that in my notes. Why does she have to learn how to use a fan? Um, also it no offense to Queen Clarice, but her expertise didn't seem so expertise. She was like, you can use it if you're feeling shy, if you're feeling flirtatious. I'm like, anyone could do that at any point for any reason. We didn't need a TED talk over it, okay? We didn't need a master class. I think this was just a chance for Julie Andrews to go back to her vaudeville roots. Like, (laughs) honestly, yes. I also think it's also a, a, a series of like, misadventures as I'd like to call it because it's like um before that we had the mishaps with the archery right like with her having Which to shoot I a love. flaming arrow um, and the parallel to the gym teacher in the first movie and the archery yeah. instructor in the second movie she yes. knocks the wind out of both of them <laughs> it's so good she like nearly commits manslaughter at several points in this movie <laughs> she could have killed everybody I, like what is the OSHA situation in Genovia I would like to know I'm not also, sure we need to talk about Lionel the security intern okay yeah let's let's get uh, into it you mean Brooklyn boy number one <laughs> oops he really he thought that he was in an, like he thought he was getting an academy award like he was he deserved one he you was say doing that like he didn't you say that like you didn't put in the work. 
his highlights alone deserved an academy award yeah that was interesting um he looks like he listens to mac demarco um and my bloody valentine and would possibly mansplain a racer head to me i don't know if it's- anybody else got that vibe yeah, 100%. Also, he really has only ever acted in four things. Oh, Google him now. Google what he looks like now. He's a skater. And it was a shocking revelation okay, hold on. for me when I saw what he looks what like What do I now. Google like Eric Bragg 2020? Just look at his Instagram. Eric Bragg Instagram. It'll pop up. Trust me. Okay, okay, okay. It's like genuinely shocking. <laughs> it is. I'm just seeing a lot of asses. Like why are there naked is it this guy's the limit yeah yes that's it he yeah um he's it's not even that he's aged it's that he is not the same like he does not look like the same person at all he literally this photo of him crouching down with the caption gonna have to start my only man's account what sort of content should I upload? Last post removed for community guidelines or something is <laughs> you should comment. You should do Lionel play. <laughs> he only he's only a character as Lionel. Hey, can you just real quick? I would love to see some role play of you as your character from the Princess Diaries two pullant royal engagement. I to look and nobody had made a comment about Princess Diaries too. So I'm assuming his work as a skater is much more pro- prolific compared to his work in the seminal classic Princess Diaries 2 Royal Engagement. He's he's fantastic. Um, he looks like every guy that I, like an amalgamation of every guy I ever had a crush on through middle school up to college. <laughs> Very distressing. Um, you know, and really specifically calls back when I was watching skateboarding at the Olympics, the men's event, and I thought, oh no, <laughs> this awakens mm. something in me again. <laughs> yeah, that's he does like have that vibe. It's so funny. That's Lionel. Wow. Yeah. Lionel, um, yeah. I would like to also just say, um, I think that it is absolutely insane that she's like just a college graduate in this. This seems like a, a tall order for like a 21-year-old to yeah. have to like lead a full country. Yeah, she got her degree in political in, science, so she should know. But they didn't have a class in how to run a country 101, yeah. which she explicitly <laughs> says. But also, I wanted to point out, she graduates from Princeton. Yes. And what other princess do we know who went to Princeton? Hilary Duff in a Cinderella story, which came out in 2004. So she entered Princeton the same year that Mia Thermopolis graduated from Princeton. Wow. I'm going to say something that might be controversial. And I say this is a Cinderella story. We are, this is, it's on the, we're doing It's on the schedule. Short weeks. But it must be said, I don't think Hilary Duff's character going to Princeton in that movie <laughs> is realistic. <laughs> And I'm not even talking from my financial standpoint. I know yeah, that like you can get smart. into an Ivy League, like who you know, you don't have to be smart. I mean, I, they can buy whole wings for a college and call it a day and you get in. But like, I'm just saying, <laughs> I don't believe that she is qualified. Now, Princess Mia, I believe could get in on intellect alone. She's smart. 
she's a smart girl. She goes to like a good school. She like gets good grades. Like she's all about like academics when we like first meet her. You know, she's smart. But I Except just for like debate. A, yes. Because she has real social anxiety. Um, Relatable. And Who's among us, you know? Not me. <laughs> I don't have water signs in my chart. I can't relate. Um, <laughs> Wait, so like social anxiety? You can't relate to social anxiety? No. Wow. <laughs> Canceled. <laughs> I have, Canceled. I have. A, I Shelby, have a, what's your, what are your big three? I'm a Cancer Sun, I'm a Taurus Moon, and I'm a Sag Rising. Got it. I'm so I'm just a, a barrel sun. full of, of fun. Yes. Callum's a Cancer Sun, Pisces Moon, Aries Rising. <gasps> wow. That is a combination. It truly is. It also explains why you read A Royal Duty, honestly. <laughs> I know. It really does. And I mean that in a very positive way. I really like, just thought you read it as a child. And knowing that you read it in college, I'm picturing you like in your dorm. I think I read it like the same semester that I met you, Sky. <laughs> Kismet, truly. A royal duty may have been the reason that we were brought together in this life. Honestly, I would love that. Where's that origin story? No, Colin, our, our reason was that we saw in the same year Oh, I don't know if it was the same year, but in the same time frame, we saw Kanye West and Lord together in concert. And that feels like the definition um, of us. You know that Taylor Swift song where she says um, something about something. Oh God. I see. This is where I reveal. I don't know. Much something about, about something. Um, wow. I was yeah, enchanted I'm, to meet you. Yeah. That's like the vibe I'm I don't getting know from this situation. Okay. Glad I'm not the only I know that line. I don't, I'm not a Swiftie. I, I only became, remember, I only became a Swiftie during 1989. So I'm learning through the re releases. So, um, yeah, I just want to be careful because I know um, she, Taylor's got shooters out there. <laughs> she really does. No, I'm definitely not anti. No, no, no. We, we love. I, I'm a, I'm a Swiftie. I have to say it. I have to represent. My I truth. am neutral. I have to represent my unfortunate. <laughs> um, speaking of enchanted, um, I just want to say, you know, we kind of touched on the weird mishmash of cultures and yeah. accents in this movie when it comes to Geno- to, to, Gen- to Genovia. Hello, but. The thing that gets me is how kind of chintzy Genovia looks outside of the palace. I'm like way yeah, obsessed I, with it. I got to know more about this country. I would like to like look at some statistics. They, they show you one city and that is the city that the palace is located outside of, right? It's, also, I think and it's the, the palace capital. is like on the precipice of a massive cliff. Did you yeah, notice that? It seems very dangerous. I'm, I'm Another really thing- concerned about why they thought it was okay to start building there. Yeah. It's also, it made me think, is Genovia just like Wakanda? Like, is it like walled <laughs> off from the rest of the world? Like, well, like, I just have questions about- Did she, Genovia. okay, I haven't watched the first one in forever, but did she know about Genovia and- No. Okay. Well, she knows that her, fa- her father was from there. Okay, but does everybody but she's else never know been about there? Genovia, and like, they were like, "What? Where is that?" I, I think guess it's like Sandra O oh goes. The queen is coming. <laughs> yeah, so like, I mean, like, I, I think it's a country like it's like Andorra. Like, we don't really know. <laughs> I don't know anything about Andorra. Like, I just 
kind of know that it exists except I didn't know it existed I don't know geography oh my god but so okay I we've got Italians we've got French yeah we've got German we've got British English we've got Scottish yep it's like it's like those Americans those first three would be like Switzerland yeah and then like um Scottish and English contingent it's yeah. just very interesting and then you have people like Chris Pine who are you know doing an accent but it's like not is he? no but here's the thing though he's not really doing an accent all he's doing is kind of softening the way he speaks and trying to make mm. it sound more genteel well he more does say sophisticated he was born there and went to primary school there so he could have yes. I think that implies that he went elsewhere for the rest of his schooling yeah. so it's honestly kind of astounding they didn't have more people doing that kind of a thing though you know what I mean like having just sort of yeah. like a, a softened sort of American wilt I guess or I mean or just doing straight up British accents but I guess they're trying to convey the idea that Genovia is a melting pot which is fine but it also makes a very confusing cultural image as a whole <laughs> um mostly because you know, we don't have a history book in front of us to tell us how Genovia came to be, um, if they're involved in like blood diamonds or something. Like we don't know what's going on there. And so it's a they little They have confusing. an independence day though. They do have that. So, so who, who took them over? Was it the English? I'm gonna assume it was the English. Had to be, right? I don't and know. It had to be. You know But they seem to be like on the border of I think they said they were like on the border of France in the first movie. So like they could have broken off instead of having well. been colonized. I don't know. It's you know, Genovian politics. Let's leave it to Mia Thermopolis because she has a degree in political science <laughs> from Princeton. Very complicated, very fraught, very long history. Um, it, it's reminding me a little bit of like the Princess Protection Program and yeah, that whole double country situation as well. Um, but but yeah, no. So it's uh, my favorite thing though is that there's like a Panera in the background, like in the town. I like I, it's just very chintzy. There's like a couple of markets. They call it a day. It's like uh, cobblestones. Okay, I'm like yeah, this is definitely like at the time as a child, I was like yes, this is sophistication this is a quaint european capital you know and now i watch it and i'm like oh the budget was like 12 dollars for these for this for these sets and then the the mansion budget took up everything else along with can we talk about the cgi airport that they felt the need to (laughs) i literally spit my drink out i literally (sighs) was drinking something and spit water out all over my laptop screen because i could not believe it and i'm like did i watch this as a child and think this looks real well like they could have just left that part out like yeah (laughs) like that was not a necessary shot we don't need like an establishing shot of an airport of like the people with the what are they called signaling air traffic controller air traffic controllers oh my gosh i you're right and that scene doesn't need to be in there so they spent i'm sure at the time an absorbent amount of money on cgi that has no bearing on literally anything else and nothing in this movie really outside of that is noticeably cgi there's one it's not cgi but andrew's pilot photograph very obviously photoshop yeah a little bit of photoshop work there 
but like not CGI, yeah. They also spent um, a great deal painting portraits of Genovian royalty, which my favorite thing about that is, because as a child, I own this DVD. I watched all the special features, so I know that the people in those pictures are crew members, people who worked on the movie, which I like. But the problem is that I'm looking at them, and I'm like, these men have seen, like, at least a rerun of (laughs) Frasier. These people are not not from from olden times. Like, um... The portrait of Julie Andrews and um, King Rupert, may he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. Like, looks not good. No, it's 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 what? not great quality. As someone who studied art history um, and was one class away from getting a minor, but I would have had to come back after I graduated to do that, I'm qualified to say it's not very good. Yeah. <laughs> it's not great and it's very funny because the other ones feel very extravagant and very like detailed and well done and then that one it's like you couldn't have spent an extra 40 minutes on this (laughs) some of the costumes too are just like they're all fun but iconic costume but like raven's like african princess like what is going on from spirit usa it's like, bad yeah literally like that is what it would say on the package at spirit halloween sorry, like if you spirit halloween up, yeah if yeah. you picked up the costume that is exactly what it would say on the bag you know sort of like how they can't call like a playboy bunny a playboy bunny they would be like yes sexy cocktail waitress who looks like a bunny like that would, that would yes. be on the label it's really bad it, those are like clearly like iron-on decals like that's what that is and it's so funny because like all of the budget clearly went to Anne and Julie Andrews costumes, right? Like they get the really yeah. extravagant, really beautiful stuff. Yeah. Like the first red dress that she wears at her birthday party is so stunning. beautiful. It's got so many layers. I remember there being a thing about how like there were jewels on like on like one of the layers of tool, and then they layered tool over that, and there were more jewels, and they can like Whoa. just very extravagant um very expensive I'm sure a lot of work being put into that um Julie Andrews first gown is gorgeous um you also have like the coronation gown and the wedding dress Julie Andrews chiffon hoodie that her double mattress surfs in which I would like apparently she did her own stunt but I'm like that cut away that cut away to the back of her Uh -uh. is very suspicious and I do not believe it and I've seen the making of and yes there are shots of her doing it but she's clearly on wires like they're trying to like keep her safe right but like that behind shot felt very off to me it's great it's great my favorite also is that there is a random pink needle drop at that moment um as she's going down the slide on the mattress to let you know that she's trouble. She's not your average queen. She's trouble. Played by the the song put on by the woman in a newsboy camp cap whose only job is to stand next to the stereo with the remote. <laughs> and to play the CD that Mia says, quote, I may have tweaked it a little on my computer. She is I a may hacker. have tweaked it a little on my computer. Shonda Rhimes writing that was like technologically. Was get me an Academy sound. Award. <laughs> exactly. Honestly. 
Don't forget she also wrote Crossroads. <laughs> she did, correct. A, a touchstone of American cinema, honestly. I went to that the premiere sky went to the premiere with. I don't think I knew that. That is honestly or have you not seen the photo of me at the Crossroads premiere? Wait, hold on. We gotta stop this podcast dead for this. Come on. Show me hold the picture on. right now. I'm Googling David Hasselhoff Crossroads <laughs> premiere right now. I was gonna say, can you just Google it? there's another picture where i'm looking at the camera hold on oh my god there's a better one like what am i wearing <laughs> i can't believe you didn't know that i went to the crossroads premiere i feel like i don't oh, look at your <laughs> how was it sky i loved it I had a great time that doesn't feel like a movie that's necessarily appropriate for a child to see have you ever met my parents? They don't get off. Which makes it even funny. Here's one where you're photoshopped out. Oh no! <laughs> so did this come out <laughs> how old was I I was crossroads okay I was nine years old pour one out for nine-year-old sky did you send it in the chat count <laughs> the one where you're photoshopped out <laughs> yeah send it's it. licensable from getty images send it so I can do a sad tweet about it later. <laughs> You can license it for only $499. (laughs) So disrespectful to find out that I was cut out of that photo. (laughs) (laughs) Not the close crop. Like you can see the little corner of your blue shirt. get the image for 450 if you really want it god that's so disrespectful (laughs) 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 my abs oh no (laughs) that's so disrespectful i'm sorry but this is hilarious photoshopped out you're just straight up cropped out (laughs) i'm so glad we went on this tangent oh my fees hurts (laughs) this is truly dramatic this took so many twists and turns (laughs) (laughs) if only that little girl knew that one day she would be cropped out (laughs) I'm giddy. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> I'm fully losing it. Oh my god. Okay, we have to talk about Princess Diaries too. <laughs> we can't talk about the injustice being done to you because of the images. <laughs> okay. What's next? Oh, yeah.
Okay, so I just want to say, I don't know why, I don't know what specifically I want to talk about, but I just, that felt like a good segue, but I don't have anything to say. <laughs> okay, let me try this again. Okay, I have a couple of notes regarding yeah. spoons okay. in this movie. <laughs> first okay. of all, when she first meets Nicholas, yeah. she is taking a spoonful out of her birthday cake. And she's taking one of the flowers off, yes. Which, by the she way, did you know Sophia Loren is in that scene? <laughs> yeah, I did. What? I don't know, even know who that is. So <laughs> that tracks for Suffice you. to say, if there was a picture of her with David Hasselhoff and Getty Images, she would have been cropped out. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. She's um, a star of stage and screen, um, legendary, iconic beauty. If you've ever seen that picture of James Mansfield with her boobs out, like old Hollywood image, gigantic boobs, and there's this woman kind of side-eyeing her. That's Sophia Loren. I think that is the thing that everybody knows Sophia Loren from. Not her many credits, um, including the movie Nine. Um, not the number nine, the, the word nine. But, Make that very clear. Um, but no, she's in that scene. And then, yeah, she's spooning out from the cake. And then... After she stomps on his foot on purpose, mm. she's in the kitchen eating Hagen dazs We can't really see what flavor, but she just has this massive <laughs> ball of ice cream yeah. that she is like eating yeah. off of. Very it strange. Kitchen spoon. I just, someone needs to teach her how to use a spoon. I'm worried about her. And in the first movie, when she takes that giant glob of like pear the, ice cream or yeah. whatever and gets it and it's too cold and like she just needs to she looks like her problem is that spoon. she needs to learn how to become a princess it's that she needs to learn how to function like a normal human being <laughs> that yeah. seems to be her primary issue i mean and like maybe she was made to be royalty because like she doesn't know how to act like a normal human being yeah and the funny thing too, speaking of that, because I do want to mention this, that kitchen that she is sitting in is like sub Nancy Meyers kitchen. It's not a nice kitchen, really. Yeah. Like it's okay. It is a solid, okay kitchen. No way that it could feed a whole palace. No. And I hope Whoa. that it's one of many kitchens because it's a very sad, small kitchen, especially for a palace that we have seen the size and scale of um, relative to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> the CGI airport that definitely exists. Um, but I was also kind of amazed that they let the cat sit on the counter um, in the system. I don't think cats for that reason. I love cats. And I will tell you, cats will get on the counter often, whether you like it or not. But this is the case of this cat is sitting on the counter and they're okay with it. They're eating next to the cat while it's he's laying on the table. It's a no for me. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sure the pear ice cream is good, but it's got cat hair in it. <laughs> Let's be real. It's got cat hair in it. It's just also pear popcorn. Yeah. What is what is that like? How do they get pear into the popcorn? I wonder if they it's a fl- it's like a flavoring, you know, like sour cream and like chives or whatever. It would be like. Oh, like a powder. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. 
Although I Not guess like you could caramel do, corn. You could do something like that too, like a pear reduction of some kind. I don't know if that's a thing. I've like watched, those like white chocolate covered popcorns could have like a pear yes, flavor into like, like in a, the white chocolate, but it doesn't look like drizzle. that. Yeah, no, it's just regular yeah. popcorn because she's she's shocked at the flavoring, but she's not like, oh, white chocolate. She's just like pears. It's a Genovian specialty. Oh, I have a I have a thing that I would like to present about this movie. A question about this movie. Okay, yes. I just have like a question. Yeah. And maybe Callan, maybe the fanfic goes into this. I, I'm not too sure. <laughs> Was divorce not allowed? Like, could she not have married him and then gotten divorced? Did she have to stay married? I think the problem is that you are asking a question of a movie that is about an hour and 50 minutes long, but also. <laughs> I think it's a thing of, yes, she could have done that, but it doesn't fit in with the themes of the movie, which this movie does have themes, shockingly. But the idea is that this movie is very hell-bent on the idea, not just of girl power and girl bossing, being a queen, right? No, it's also about following your heart. That is like the biggest thing. And that sounds cheesy. It sounds corny, but that very much at its core is what this movie is about. It's the idea that like, she should not have to get married just because everybody says the thing that she has to do. It's the thing that's right. But rather she needs to follow her heart, look inside of her and think, what do I really want? She was willing to initially go along with the marriage thing because she's like, well, I guess that's just kind of what queens have to do, I guess, right? And I really want to be queen. Yes. She's dedicated to that and she understands the situation. Rip to her, but I'm different. (laughs) Yeah. But then as the movie goes on, it then becomes this thing of like, I'm understanding now that this isn't going to work. She realizes then what she actually wants is a little... Oh, old D from Lord Nicholas. That's what she wants. You know, that's her ultimate desire. And she does go after it. She stops her wedding and she says, I'm not getting married today, Um, which inspires my favorite line from, I think, the entire movie in which one of the guests um, ends up standing up. And as she's saying this, and Lord Crowley, who's sitting next to her, goes, sit there may be a dinner (laughs) mood he's like no we're getting those free genovian pear treats okay i understood that and the string cheese yes and the string cheese um as a cheap bitch I also would gladly enjoy the mess of the wedding and then ask later is the reception still on That would be my first question. Two things. One, to Sky's question. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if divorce is allowed. We know in England it's not. Yeah, it's for the like royals. The, yeah. But <laughs> well, yeah, and the idea is that if it, she it wasn't allowed initially. They split. Henry VIII said, fuck that. I want a divorce now, made his own little church. Right. Then divorce is possible, yes. But then it became an issue again where it was just taboo yeah not ideal with the windsors anyways um now it's okay but um so if she has to have a husband to be queen then if she gets divorced and no longer has a husband does she then forfeit forfeit her right to the crown 
later. So I don't know. That, that, that is also asking a very fair question. Like we said before, call Princess Mia for this one. Thankfully, it doesn't happen to be an issue. No. Because the same guy who is who woke up from a slumber at the beginning of the movie to say she had 30 days. <laughs> to be a misogynist, yes. So, yeah. He he had like a whole because feminist had, discovery. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it had to come at the consider your wife and your daughters and your yeah. sisters. <laughs> Would you ask them to do that? Which we now know is not the ideal that women are people and they don't have to be related to you for you to care about yeah. them. Um, but if you're Matt Damon, you know, you do, that's the only way you can care about women, apparently. That's a thing he did say once, but he did. I think about it a lot. But the um, thing I also am thinking about is the fact that, you know, Lord Maybury, Viscount Maybury, whatever the hell his name is, is so gimly. He is so focused on this power grab for Nicholas, right? And the idea is that, like, he has to become king. He has to claim the throne on his own. And I'm like, okay, well, if you put your misogyny aside, if he falls in love with Princess Mia, she becomes queen, or they get married and then she becomes queen, he still has a direct line to the throne because it's not about necessarily just the title of king, but it's about power. That's what he cares about. I'm like, if he gets married, if your boy Nicholas gets married to Princess Mia, he would have unfettered access to all of the diplomatic powers. It's true. That being a king of Genovia or a queen of Genovia would give a person. I'm just saying. You didn't think it through. No. And he really discounted Anne Hathaway and Chris Pine have great chemistry. Yeah. They have fantastic chemistry. Yeah. Like when they are caught sleeping under that tree, chef's kiss, their first kiss. Dancing in the dark outside. Oh, it's so good. With love me tender. It's perfect. They're so good together. When they fall in that fountain, I think many a sexual awakening was had at that moment. Okay, also, okay, couple notes about that. One, I don't think that would fly in a movie today. No, for sure, no. Two, Princess Mia gives him one of the sickest burns of all time, which is that, which is, why don't you go underwater and I'll count to a million? <laughs> Her delivery of that, that is, is so good. underrated line and it should be used more. Kelly, I do feel like you're the person who could bring that back. It sounds like something I would say. Yeah. It's a great line. I mean, and her delivery of it is genuinely fantastic. She's so great. I mean, and that whole exchange is great. You know, I love you. I love you. You know, that to me, that is the thing that launched a million friends or not, sorry, friends, enemies to lovers. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a rivals to lovers. We stand in this household, a cute rivals to lovers and they... I th- you know what's so compelling about it is because it's like the tension that's there to begin with is more, it's a little bit more forbidden. It's a little bit more, yeah. you know, um, uh, well, what's that word that's French? Not forbidden. Je ne sais quoi? No. <laughs> that doesn't mean forbidden. It means I don't know what. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, but it's like there's just a, there's a certain people like French. Word I might have just made up a word. I don't know. 
this is not what you're thinking of. Interdisciplinary. No, 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 no. It, it, maybe it's not French. I don't know. You get the point. It's, there's something a little bit off limits about it. We like that. So it's a little sexy, right? And then it's the fact yeah. that like, then they actually Taboo? Come to, Is that they, what you're thinking? Taboo. <laughs> what did I get Is that there? French? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Google the origin of Taboo right now. Oh my God, I hate my life. <laughs> Okay, that garden party, though, the opera singer is Anna Netrebko, yeah. who is actually, like, really famous. The only opera singer I know and, and can name because of this movie. It's Similar Polynesian. To- well, we've learned a lot today. <laughs> I was wrong. I'll admit it. Shocking. But... <laughs> But yes, it's forbidden. There's a certain je ne sais quoi. It's taboo, blah, 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 whatever. It's sexy. We kind of went into this on the Stoker episode, um, even though that's yeah. a little bit different. But the affection that they then end up forming as lovers makes it exciting. But anyway, back to the party. Yes. As you were saying. The opera song. Oh, that's that's it. That's <laughs> just, that and I just wanted to mention Anna and the Trump. And... We can't forget Johnny Blue, the white man singing Miracles Happen in Mandarin. Yeah. And I Googled him. He is legit like a C-pop star. Just some random white man with a tan. That's a real thing. This white man. And it's funny because this movie, they could have easily have hired a Mandarin speaker to sing miracles happen right because it's genovia it's a melting pot we see so many people so many cultures and instead they were like yeah the one white guy in all of china for this one literally he did okay i'm looking him up he did make his professional debut in china he was the first caucasian pop star in the chinese music world (laughs) I, I have so many. I don't know if that makes it better or worse. I, you know, there's a whole section on his Wikipedia page about Princess Diaries too. (laughs) That is what he met Gary Marshall during a holiday in Oahu. That's how you know somebody's Wikipedia page is barren when they have a whole section dedicated to like a five second appearance in a movie that ultimately does not impact the plot or matter in any way, shape, or form. He got a gold, a certified gold record from the soundtrack. Everything you tell me about this man, I, it honestly is, it's, it's, it's astounding. I'm learning a lot more about Johnny Blue than I would ever hope to know. (laughs) One thing that I also wanted to talk about briefly is Queen Clarice comes into the bachelorette party and she's just taking her poodle for a walk and she's saying to her lady's maid, I'll just have some milk and cookies in my room. It's iconic. And we, we I, the dog sliding down the mattress. Yes. Oh yeah. A king. The dog and the cat get up to so many shenanigans. I think actually, if you did a supercut of all of their scenes, it would be approximately an hour. Like homeward <laughs> bound. Oh my god, it's like homeward. There's bound. so many, 
small cut scenes in this movie. And honestly, including the airport CGI, honestly, most of them are great. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's worth Um, noting. I think I said this in, I might've edited this out in the Freaky Friday episode, but um, the actress who plays Charlotte is Gary Marshall's daughter. Yes. And they cut away to her so much that in the director's commentary that Gary Marshall did with Julie Andrews, he said, I gave her the name the last name cutaway so she is charlotte cutaway because they're constantly cutting to her and her reaction and many <laughs> moments it's incredible that's funny and it's spelled with, it, gives- with a k by the way which is a little upsetting because i would like a clean cc on this one yeah but how do you oh got it <laughs> i thought you meant charlotte was spelled with a k and i could not comprehend <laughs> yeah everybody knows famously that the kh pairing together um <laughs> makes a show sound oh i don't know <laughs> i i was thinking what in this last rewatch what if allison janney as cj craig was that character okay wait that is inspired wait, yes that's inspired one of the cutaways with the cat this is a tangent but not a tangent but uh Moving to something else. One of the cutaways of the cat <laughs> is when Paulo does yes. Mia's hair. We have to mention and him. yes. She yes. says, I look like a poodle. And then they cut to the cat who yes. is very worried. Yeah. <laughs> because he is afraid of the cat. Of the poodle. I go what you meant. Yeah, and he also says, like, you know, or she says, I look like a moose. And he says, but a very pretty moose. Make all the boy moose go mwah. That was like the trailer line. That was like one yeah, of the Yeah, that was like lines. a big line. That's a yeah. big line. It was like that in the fan, like her changing her expressions. That was also like a and huge thing. And the, um, the, I don't even know what you call it. One of the guys is wearing purple. Uh, one of like, I guess you could call him like a guard. Dancing yeah. in the hallway during the bachelorette yes. party, which is a wild cutaway because it's like, how loud is this music that he can hear this out in the hallway? And he's like busting a move, and it like it's very funny to me because it's it like fun, though. it's fun, it's quirky, but also I'm like, this was not necessary. No, we spent time and money setting up this shot. Yeah, I yeah. um, Paulo also, I love that. The final hairstyle, he says, I'm so sure about it that I used my own picture. That that is a really great bit. That's Apollo's got bits. He's Paolo a comedian. also shows up to do her hair that morning looking like Phoebe Bridgers. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. He really does. As much as a, a bald man can look like Phoebe Bridgers, he does look like Phoebe Bridgers. He looks like he just got back from the merch table at a Phoebe Bridgers concert. Yeah. I can't. It's yeah. And I mean, he's one of many, many great side characters. I know. I wish, I wish that like Sandra O would have made an appearance. Yeah, that would have been been wonderful. I mean, we get like, especially since was Grey's Anatomy had to have been on the air at this point, right? Starting 2005. Wow. Wow. Shonda really said, you know, the, critical failure of this film um fueled me to create an empire that would last um nigh on a thousand years yeah. 
It's it's never ending. No. Cockroaches and Grey's Anatomy will still exist at the time the sun implodes. I'm just saying. Um, it and it's also very funny because she said, you know, the one thing that this did give me, even if everything else was shit, it's like working with Julie Andrews. That's the one thing I got out of it that I'm very happy with. Iconic. I love and it. I mean, the only Shonda Rhimes work that I support. So <laughs> yeah, you're not a Grey's person. I was I was a grace person for a long time. Yeah, and um, but it's 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 worth noting, you know. Um, I I only mention the side characters because we get so many like men that we see, you know, because of the eligible bachelor thing, because of the slideshow, you know. There's just a lot of men in this movie that are just kind of goofy, wacky, whatever. But and Parliament as well. But my favorite side character and she's in the first one but it is baroness joy von troken and i only mention her because she is the man behind winkies in mulholland drive and also the titular nun in the nun she's in the nun she is the nun she is the nun she is the the nun And she's incredible. I was watching and I was like, she looks really familiar. And then I was like, hmm, let me look at her Wikipedia page. And of course, the first thing it credits is Man Behind Winkies and Princess Diaries 2. <laughs> Royal Engagement doesn't even mention, like, I think it briefly mentions the first one, but I think there's more emphasis on the second one. <laughs> wow. Which shocked me to my core. Um, I also love all of the little princesses that they show at the slumber party, that they show coming to the 21st birthday. My favorite is the girl who shows up with braces and she's like, I'm getting two diamonds put in. And I'm like, this is my shit. I, if I could have diamonds in my braces, are you kidding me? Life would have been so much easier. The one who And then she break dances. She does. And then there's that one who like, is like, is this my party? Oh, Princess Ami. Who yeah. had to go potty? Yeah, exactly. But that From girl who breakdances, that girl who breakdances, that is Julie Andrews' granddaughter. No way. Oh. It is. And it's funny this because nepotism film. And well, it's funny because there's a line about nepotism. Two things. One, she's dancing like an extra on hip hop Harry. It was a lot. Um, follow your dreams, I guess. But I specifically noted the line which is my another one of my favorite lines in this movie, which I think I didn't completely get until this watch, right? Is when Queen Clarice is talking about the plumbing in Princess Mia's new suite that she's going to be living in. And she's, she mentions that Rupert's cousin did the plumbing and she says, nepotism belongs in the arts, not in plumbing. Really incredible. Honestly, That's art- really funny. It's great. It's fantastic. Um, I mean, there are several very funny moments in this movie. And I mean, that just it's, happens. I, I was laughing. And you know what? I did get a little emotional when they're like, the eagle, the eagle is flying for the last time. You know, that, that tugs at your little heartstrings. And I mean, Gary Marshall very much. I mean, Pretty Woman, you know, a number of other movies that have really resonated with people but you know comedy background huge you know that's very much a part of his his work so it makes sense that like 
the humor is kind of above a level that you would expect for like a Disney movie like this. Um, and the fact that it's like a kind of a weird sequel that like could have been straight to DVD, but actually had a theatrical release, yeah. which is kind of astounding and was really successful. Um, but like also the fact that like, yeah, something like Pretty Woman has a lot of, I'm sure I haven't seen it, but like has a lot of emotion Wait. and and whatever to it. I, I, I know. No, I think we talked Maybe about Maybe you this. should guess the plot to Pretty Woman. Oh, but I already know. She's, I mean, that's that's where like the whole like hooker with a heart of gold stereotype sort yeah. of often that's is. true. Yeah. This, the, this movie did from. make like money at the box office. Like it grossed 134 oh. million. So while all the critics said it was garbage, the people loved it. This is a movie for the people. Okay. Uh, this didn't make money and made shmoney. <laughs> yeah. Like this is a movie for the people. Honestly, yes. And I mean, it makes sense. It's a crowd pleasing sequel to a crowd pleasing original film. Um, it's got a good message to it. I mean, yeah. The follow your heart stuff that like we're abolishing these sexist old traditions. You don't have it's... to settle and marry no. a man. You, you can well, marry a guy that you're like, like fully horny for and is really hot and yeah. has like really tall hair. Like you can do that if you really want to. And you should. That or is your he right. can just be your concubine. Like <laughs> so true. We don't they never get married. We, no. Yeah, we don't say three hasn't been released. Well, and the third one, so much time will have lapsed that feasibly yeah. they would be married. But what if they were in a really long engagement? <laughs> and she just refused to commit. She's like, I can't. Too busy with like the, the children's Damn palace me. center. Yeah. She's just like, she's, she's got queenly duties. She's like keeping him hanging on. It's like, it's like a Kristen Wiig um, as Sharon in Barb and Star with Jamie Dornan's character. Like that's like the vibe. Yeah. at this point like she's over him the honeymoon phase is like very much over for her she's had it and he's still like smitten with her yeah <laughs> completely <laughs> jaded done he's like out here like singing on a beach ripping his shirt open it's a lot oh my god emotionally for him to handle hey but <laughs> Chris Pine was in into the woods he could do and it. he was one of the best parts was, of that movie if not the movie. best he was part. Yeah, that movie was not good. That movie was fine. Was good. I did do. This is so embarrassing. Um, in one of my group chats, sometimes we do like notes app apologies when we have like embarrassing things to reveal. And one time, I did do a notes app apology that said I enjoyed James Corden's performance. Sigh. Okay, I hate to say this, but maybe you deserve to be cropped in that photo. I hate to pull out the big guns, but I think that it was, has to be said. <laughs> the rudest thing I think I've ever said to anybody. Oh my god! You know, I was right at the beginning of the episode of like being cut down for merely suggesting a title for yeah, because I'm a, I'm a mean person. <laughs> And, and, and you were like, no, that's great. And I'm over here like, yeah, actually what Getty Images did to you was great. <laughs> okay. I do want to, I'm talking speed round. Speed this round. Plot a little bit. Just the stuff we didn't really great. talk about. So like, to begin with, 
The beginning of the film, we already know, Princess Mia graduated from college. She's they a smarty pants. They throw up pants. the tiara instead he of the- He throws her tiara up. Which, which is, is very dangerous. Yes, yeah. incredibly dangerous. Does like, not- Diamonds, like I had a lot of questions about that. Does not take into consideration her fellow classmates. Also not to mention stupid, because what if you lose it? What if somebody takes it? You know, like Joe is one person, I'm sorry to say. And he's he's kind of getting up there. Is he yeah. really going to tackle somebody? And a somebody? new replacement. And a new replacement, correct. Um, yeah, but then it's like, okay, then we learn about kind of the situation where things are for her since the last movie. It's been five years. She's 21 now. Um, Michael, her boyfriend or love interest from the first movie, he's out touring with his band, just like in real life, because he was a part of the band Rooney. And he's also Jason Schwartzman's brother. Yes. Um, important to know. Son of Talia Shire. And we all, it's also revealed that she never loved him. Yeah. Because she says she's never been in love. Yeah. Which, which is, is kind of depressing. It's a little sad, but you also think about it. It was a high school fling. He was a hot boy. Like, yeah. I mean, in fairness. Yeah. Sure. But yeah. So he's doing his thing. Lily's at Berkeley, which completely tracks. I think nothing has ever been. Oh, worse yeah. Since. That's like the best First like, Berkeley, film. which I have referred to it like that ever since. <laughs> Very formative for you. Um, yeah, and you know that she's calling it that because she thinks it's funny and she thinks it's a good bit rather than the fact that it actually is berserk to her because she fits in right at home there. You yeah. just know it. But yeah, so there's that going on. We know that she has to dance with the eligible bachelors at the party. That's the whole thing. She sees a bunch of weirdos and she meets Lord Nicholas, who she doesn't know. He just introduces himself as Nicholas. And you're like, who's this handsome stranger with a hair height that is unfathomable to any normal person. Um, and they have great chemistry. She stomps on his toe and he says, you know, you could step on my foot anytime. Great, romantic, sexy, hot, whatever. I'm into it, right? Yeah, I like it. I like what's happening. Um, but then we see Lord Mabry and he, he retrieves what is, I think like her crown has fallen off. It was like hit with a yeah. tray or something. She, she like collides with the waiter. Yeah, cause she's awkward. Cause she's quirky. She's random. Okay. And like loses her crown. He retrieves it for her. And basically is like, someone might try and take it for you. And then as she leaves, he does the classic villain thing of like someone like me, <laughs> because that is how we know he is the villain of this movie. He's going to cause problems. Yeah, he and he was there giving us a line reading. Yeah. He said, I I am a dramatic actor. I am a performer. I'm here to earn my paycheck. Um, then we get the whole parliament thing. She finds a secret hidden passageway and like goes and spies on parliament. And they basically goes like a crypt. A crypt. <laughs> like what was going on down there? There have definitely been Putting bodies in there. Quick. Like that's a catacomb right there they are she's also wearing a knit poncho yes important to know incredibly 2004 limited to ask almost oh i i i owned i owned a poncho from limited to 100 i fully had one that looked exactly like that as well you know like it was the style um she was nice i had one from the gap Which is funny because like the gap is like, I mean, nicer, more yeah. sophisticated. They're pri- have you seen their prices lately? They're spending not out. when you're eight. Yeah, that's limited true. to is way cooler. Yeah. <laughs> that is a fair point. Um, 
but so basically, you know, she's in the crypt next to some like dead nuns or something. And she's hearing through the vent, they're talking and they're basically saying that, you know, the rule in order to become queen is that you have to marry but Queen Clarice is like, that's BS. You know, I didn't. Yeah, she's here standing for feminism. I've I've ruled this little country, this little non-existent country for several years without a husband at my side. I did pretty damn well. I'm here helping to run parliament. So like, you all need to cut her a break. And basically um, is like, yeah, we're not going to do that. But they disagree. They're all misogynists they don't stand up for me they don't stand up for women they don't stand up for women's rights etc cetera, etc cetera. and they're like yeah okay fine that's funny uh she's still gonna have to get married and guess what it's gonna take 30 days to do it because lord nicholas over here has a legitimate claim via viscount mabry okay great so then after that point um we get like her yelling yeah in the crowd. yeah she she gets in tr- like but like people don't realize that it's her. People just like look around. They probably just think it's a, it's a ghost, ghost or something. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, there's fully a poltergeist in this mansion. I mean, you have to imagine. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter how nice and kindly Julie Andrews is. You just know there are bodies that that family is buried. The Rinaldis have done some stuff. You cannot maintain power she for so long She says that they've it. been in power for like 500 years. Yeah. yeah. There's some shady shit. What is going on? what where are the bodies buried i guess they're buried in that crypt but like where are the bodies buried metaphorically speaking she knows she knows they tell you that yeah when you become queen (laughs) you find out where the bodies are buried yeah yeah and then that also that one old fart wakes up to be a misogynist which i think is, is is important um to note but so then like after that we see Lord Nicholas and Count Viscount Mabry being devious. Um, do, 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 do. Yeah. So then basically Queen Clarice hatches this plan and is like, okay, um, the only way to beat this is if we keep an eye on Lord Nicholas. So nothing nefarious can happen under my nose. Right. And so they invite him to the palace and he's just living there. He He's having a good time. He's reading books. He has those cute glasses on. Yeah. Look at a little. He's making chocolate souffles. Yeah. Yeah. Being, yeah, being very snackable, you know, like a little snack pack. But my favorite is when they're introduced and she steps on his foot. First of all, she's ignoring, she's like ignoring him, not making eye contact with him. She's very mad at the fact that the man that she danced with is this man who's trying to usurp her. Right. And I love how petty she is. I love when she steps on his foot and I'm talking like stomps on it very hard and then runs away. She goes for it. That is the moment that like proved that she could be Catwoman. I'm not afraid to say it. That moment in The Dark Knight Rises when she kicks Bruce Wayne's cane out from under him, same energy. Shelby. Everyone in the theater on opening night gasped when that happened. Okay, I'm not wrong. And um, yeah, and then they watch, they look at all the potential suitors and they decide, yeah, Andrew Jacoby, Duke of Kenilworth, wherever the hell that is. (laughs) This dude, he'll be the guy for Mia, they're being followed around. It's televised. Very Meghan Markle and Harry. Very Meghan Markle and Harry. Um, and 
they get engaged really quickly and they're totally fine with that. It seems like things are going great. Um, we get Nicholas's first attempt to seduce Mia because that is the directive he is basically given by his uncle is basically go and seduce the princess and then report back to me. We stand. I, you know, it's kind of nice that for once it's not like a woman having to seduce yeah, a man to take away stand. power. It's a man having to, having to put himself in that position. That is equality. Yeah. That's what third wave, fem- third wave feminism did account for. <laughs> the Princess Diaries two factor. But yeah, and he's basically being like, hi, I'm going to like get in your space and we're going to go in a closet and argue and they get caught. It's a little bit scandalous. So she gets admonished for that. Um, And that's kind of the first time that she starts to realize maybe Andrew isn't worth it. And we have to applaud her for like knowing what she wants in life. And we have to agree with that. Yeah. I also think, let's be real. Nicholas was enjoying that beyond his little devilish means, right? So yeah, and then we get to the the side saddle ceremony. Now, this is something I took issue with. Now, you're probably wondering, why did you take issue with this? I took issue with it as a former horse girl, as someone who rode horses uh, for fun as a child. Um, My biggest problem with this, first of all, side saddle does exist. It is a form of riding that one can partake in, primarily women. um, It often has a very like, sort of royal association, but also primarily was the way that women often would hunt, allegedly, from my readings, my very brief readings. I'm not going to pretend I read more than a Wikipedia page. But the idea the idea here, though, is that because riding side saddle is allegedly difficult, the Queen Clarice gives her a wooden leg to strap to the saddle for her, and she could still sit on a saddle like a normal person while the leg does all the, the visual work. It's a little trick, it's a little illusion. That's it's, the idea. Yeah. And it's of course, magic. they're not counting on the fact that Viscount Mabry at the same time has a snake in his pocket, and that's not a euphemism. No. I'm not he literally that. goes up to whoever's, you know, some random man. Any, like this could be a trainer, yeah. the horse trainer or somebody. And is like, this is a snake. You know, well, sorry, actually, the guy says that's a snake. And he says, oh, you're very observant. A regular David Attenborough. <laughs> a really great line. A great line, a perfect line. His delivery is fantastic. And he's basically like, go show it to Sandy, her horse. Her horse is definitely afraid of snakes, which I'm sure Sky related to. Yeah, I did. A lot. And because the horse sees the snake, the horse takes off. Now, my problem is one, you can clearly tell that there is something going on with that saddle because there's like a clear lump where her dress is. Her dress doesn't have enough volume to hide it. But also the fact that riding side saddle as it stands for about as long as she had to ride it like a football field in length actually is not very difficult in fact you're more stable on a horse inside saddle because of the way your foot is anchored in the stirrups it's harder to fall off i have fallen off a horse this is the truth i'm just saying i take issue with that and i don't like it but the end of that she runs away into the barn very upset because she's been humiliated because her horse freaked out and 
Nicholas follows her and kind of tries to clown her a little bit. Yeah. But then he's kind of like, oh, I feel bad. And then he realizes he's like, oh, wait, no, I want to do this for real. Yeah. And then Joe basically is like, yeah, I'm going to give the Liam Neeson and take in speech right now. And that's what happens. I mean, yeah. And, and then they kind of move on and yeah, then we get the garden party. We already talked about that. Um, we get the parade, which we already talked about. She sees like a little girl played by Abigail Breslin. Welcome back to the pod. That was very loud thunder. Yeah. Was that you? Yes. I'm waiting for it to calm down. But yeah, so um, Abigail Breslin doing accent work, sucking on her thumb, stops the parade. Everybody's like, oh, wow, Princess Mia. Oh my gosh, she is so caring. She cares about these little orphans. Good for her. We love her. Um, And that's the moment when Nicholas is like, oh, actually, I don't think I should be king because this this woman actually like kind of is a nice person. She she knows what she's doing. She has, she's got, she's got beauty and brains. Yeah, very diplomatic. And that's the thing that makes Anne Hathaway great in this movie is that she's able to do the relatable part of it. But also she like does have an evolution as Mia in terms of like becoming the queen that they need her to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nicholas decides to call, to call it yes. off. And just to pursue, maybe possibly pursue her romantically. And what's his name? His uncle, (laughs) Gimli, is like, okay, you could do that, um, my dear um, nephew. You've fallen in love with her. (laughs) Good luck booking that stage you speak of. And he says the insane thing about, you know, (laughs) on the deathbed. Why? Machiavelli. Machiavelli. And like darts, and he just takes what he says fully at face yeah. value. He's like, "Yeah, he's Nicholas being supportive." Seems, of me. And I'm like, "Why would you do Nicholas that?" Seems like he has like a lot of trauma to work through because he seems so much smarter than like believing that. <laughs> Truly, why would you believe that? He spent literally an entire like ten minutes giving you a speech about Machiavelli and like the method and all of that, and yet he's just like, "Yeah, sure, seems genuine." <laughs> Like what? Um, Bad choices. Then we get sexy archery. We get the we sexy stand. in this movie. Sexy archery. When his big ass hand caresses her little hand, I was like, yeah. This archery is- has not been that sexy since the animated Robin Hood. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, what more <laughs> is there to say? And that's the classic case too of her like kind of denying it, but also really wanting it really bad. Like she can't stop herself, right? And that really is the classic thing of like, but like, wouldn't it be nice if I did, right? But she still knows she can't do it because there are other people around. If there are no people there, they oh, right there on that grass. Yeah. They would, and if this if this fucking. was a PG thirteen or R rated movie, they'd be fucking. they'd be fucking. Maybe even if it was PG, but it's G. <laughs> You just got to keep it under the blanket. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's what the MPA, and you look at the MPAA guidelines, it says stuff under the blanket. <laughs> yeah. And then they sneak away they get caught. It's a whole thing. 
And then Andrew's basically like, yeah, I'll marry you anyway, just to be nice, just because we're friends now. We're buddies. And he's um, a good dude. the wedding, <laughs> he just... he's a good dude. He's a nice man. The wedding happens and it doesn't actually happen though. She is like, no, I can't do this. Goodbye. Um, also, let me make an appeal to these uh, members of parliament. Um, think of your, your daughters and your sisters, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And even though in real life that would never work, never. <laughs> it does work then. Um, calls a motion to abolish the marriage law. And they're all like, yeah, sure, great. Um, Nicholas resends his, his um, claim to the throne. Her mom leaves to go change the baby and comes back and everything is different. She missed the whole plot. <laughs> she missed the entire wedding, practically. She missed everything. And it's like, huh? Who's marrying what? And then it turns out Clarice and Joe get to get married. Happy ending for them. Lovely. Princess Mia is crowned queen of Genovia, but not before Nicholas comes to visit her and is like, hey, I like you a lot. In fact, I'm in love with you. I would like to kiss you now. And she's like, yeah, I would really like that. Great. End of movie. We stand. Women are in parliament. Girl bossing. Time to shine. This is, this is my something, something, something. It's a banger. And yeah, then, and then Raven of course, Simone released an album that included that song and Double Dutch Bus that I had on CD. Incredible. So, okay, so for this week's What the Plot, Callan is going to guess the plot of The Graduate. Callan, would you like a year that it was released or like anything, or do you just want to like go for it? Just tell me who the main actor is. Dustin Hoffman. Is that allowed? Yeah, Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Dustin Hoffman graduates from an Ivy League university. Um, he is searching for a job because he now has that sweet degree and he can't find one because the economy is bad Mm. and he sleeps with a lot of women to bide his time and he gets really upset and joins the mafia. Mm. I love a mafia movie. The turn that that took, I was very dramatic. Well, what like else it. are you supposed to do when you can't find a job? <laughs> you, you join the mafia, of yeah. course. Everybody knows that, right? Silly me. That's actually going to be the. You gotta make money I think somehow. Callan has predicted the plot of many saints of Newark. Now, Callan, let me tell you. Let me tell you. About are you going to tell me the sweet. plot now? Just briefly. Do you have anything? I mean, do you have anything else to add to yeah. that? If not, it's okay. I don't think there is anything else to add. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard of Mrs. Robinson? Like, do you know, like, here's no. to you, Mrs. Robinson. No. Shelby, <laughs> that means nothing. I can't. I'm going to laugh the whole time, Shelby. <laughs> okay. Basically what happens, first of all, it's a song by Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, very important. They did the soundtrack for this movie. Yeah, very important seminal soundtrack um, in terms of 
you know, movies and, and bands doing music for movies, whatever. Um, but not more movie... important than Raven Simone doing This Is My <laughs> No, time no, no, of course Cyrus not. Too. You know, I think Mike Nichols would have appreciated no. Raven Simone doing that. But yeah, so Simon and Garfunkel do this and um, directed by Mike Nichols and Dustin Hoffman's like character young graduated Dustin Hoffman. high school. No, he it's a college. He comes back from college. College, yeah. yes. So he graduated Col- from sorry, college. Yes. My brain. And he's like staying Walnuts. with his parents. He's like, you know, a typical, I'm here. And then, you know, <laughs> so the wife of his father's like law, like business partner person, um, he basically, you know, she tries to seduce him, you know, she's like, I'm in a loveless marriage. My life is sad, blah, 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 blah. She takes her daughter out on a date. <laughs> that goes bad. It goes bad. Cause he's an idiot. Takes her to a takes strip her to a, club. To a strip club. And not like the hustlers kind. No, and so he's having an affair with her mom. I don't know what mom, they were doing in there. Having an affair with her mom, also like dating her. She threatens to tell the daughter about the affair. And, um, you know, it just doesn't work out well for him. He's like, okay, just kidding. I'm just like going to go back to Berkeley and like see if the daughter will like marry me. Um, and yeah, they get married. What? it's a last it's second terrible. thing that's like the thing is she's engaged to somebody else yeah. and he runs in and they run away together but the idea um is that the final shot is this it's a really iconic final yeah. shot of both dustin hoffman and um catherine catherine ross yes and they're sitting in this bus yeah. and i'm sure they both have it. this look on their, this face that is incredibly unreadable and also this moment of what have we done like it really it's a movie about existential dread it's kind of like the the og like new hollywood coming of age movie like this is there are so many movies that are riffing off the graduate and want to be the graduate but i think but there's no mafia no mafia at all no just an affair with like an older woman Callum, would you like to plug your social media or anything Sure. Um, I am at Calzone Count with a K, Calzone with a K. Much like Charlotte on with a K. Twitter and at Calamanders on Instagram. K A L L A Manders. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, as far as our social media goes, you can find us on Twitter at Blessed Pick and on Instagram at Blessed.picture. Um, please rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Um, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Pocket Cast, et cetera, et cetera. Join our Discord to talk about things, including Chris Pine's tall hair. Um, and if you like this episode, you know, share it with the people you'd like to go mattress surfing with and sing the Genovian national anthem. Or, you know, just like do sexy archery with fall yeah, into yeah. a fountain sexily with them take a risk take a change make a change and break away <laughs>